TED Audio Collective. Okay, I'm going to start with an experiment. I'm going to give you three words, and I want you to think of a fourth word that relates to all three. You might want to grab a pen for this. You ready? All right, here we go. Cheese, blood, print. Okay, did you get it? Did you get blue for blue cheese, blue blood, and blue print? It's okay if you didn't, and you probably want another one. So how about these three words? Way, mission, let. One more time, way, mission, let. And what's a fourth word that connects the three? The answer is sub. Get it? Subway, submission, sublet. Look, when my colleagues and I ran this experiment, we gave people four minutes to solve both of these puzzles. But here's something else we did. We made one group switch between the puzzles every 30 seconds. They would try to solve cheese blood print. Then after 30 seconds, they'd switch to solve way mission let. And they went back and forth every 30 seconds. Another group got to spend two minutes on one puzzle and the remaining two minutes on the other. Then there was a third group that got to switch whenever they wanted, at their discretion. So which group do you think did the best at finding the answers? The group that switched continually, so back and forth every 30 seconds, forced to do so? The group that switched at the midpoint, at two minutes? Or the group that switched whenever the heck they wanted? I'll let you know the answer after the talk. The reason I'm asking is that we often have preconceived notions about when aha moments happen. And today's talk shows us that the conditions that get people to their most creative thoughts often don't look the way we expect. I'm Madupa Akinola. This is TED Business. Today's 2016 talk from Adam Grant is about the unexpected habits of original thinkers. Adam is an organizational psychologist and professor at Wharton. And if you want to know what he's been thinking about recently, check out his work-life podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Or listen to the interview we just posted between him and Debbie Millman. So let's listen to Adam's talk after a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Seven years ago, a student came to me and asked me to invest in his company. He said, I'm working with three friends, and we're going to try to disrupt an industry by selling stuff online. And I said, OK, you guys spent the whole summer on this, right? No, we all took internships, just in case it doesn't work out. All right, but you're going to go in full time once you graduate. Not exactly. We've all lined up backup jobs. Six months go by. It's the day before the company launches, and there is still not a functioning website. You guys realize the entire company is a website. That's literally all it is. (laughs) So I obviously declined to invest. And they ended up naming the company Warby Parker. (laughs) They sell glasses online. They were recently recognized as the world's most innovative company and valued at over a billion dollars. And now, my wife handles our investments. (laughs) Why was I so wrong? To find out, I've been studying people that I come to call originals. Originals are nonconformists, people who not only have new ideas, but take action to champion them. They're people who stand out and speak up. Originals drive creativity and change in the world. They're the people you want to bet on, and they look nothing like I expected. I want to show you today three things I've learned about recognizing originals and becoming a little bit more like them. The first reason that I passed on Warby Parker was they were really slow getting off the ground. Now, you are all intimately familiar with the mind of a procrastinator. (laughs) Well, I have a confession for you. I'm the opposite. I'm a (laughs) procrastinator. Yes, that's an actual term. You know that panic you feel a few hours before a big deadline when you haven't done anything yet? I just feel that a few months ahead of time. So this started early. When I was a kid, I took Nintendo games very seriously. I would wake up at 5 a.m., start playing, and not stop until I had mastered them. Eventually, it got so out of hand that a local newspaper came and did a story on the dark side of Nintendo, starring me. (laughs) But this served me well in college because I finished my senior thesis four months before the deadline. And I was proud of that. Until a few years ago, I had a student named Jihei who came to me and said, I have my most creative ideas when I'm procrastinating. And I was like, that's cute. Where are the four papers you owe me? (laughs) No, she was one of our most creative students. And as an organizational psychologist, this is the kind of idea that I test. So I challenged her to get some data. 
She goes into a bunch of companies. She has people to fill out surveys about how often they procrastinate. Then she gets their bosses to rate how creative and innovative they are. And sure enough, the procrastinators like me who rush in and do everything early are rated as less creative than people who procrastinate moderately. So I want to know what happens to the chronic procrastinators. She's like, I don't know. They didn't fill out my survey. <laughs> no, here are our results. You actually do see that the people who wait till the last minute are so busy goofing off that they don't have any new ideas. And on the flip side, the people who race in are in such a frenzy of anxiety that they don't have original thoughts either. There's a sweet spot where originals seem to live. Why is this? Maybe original people just have bad work habits. Maybe procrastinating does not cause creativity. To find out, we designed some experiments. We asked people to generate new business ideas, and then we get independent readers to evaluate how creative and useful they are. And some of them are asked to do the task right away. Others we randomly assign to procrastinate for either five or ten minutes. And sure enough, the moderate procrastinators are 16% more creative than the other two groups. Procrastination gives you time to consider divergent ideas. To think in nonlinear ways, to make unexpected leaps. So, just as we were finishing these experiments, I was starting to write a book about originals, and I thought this is the perfect time to teach myself to procrastinate while writing a chapter on procrastination. So I met a procrastinator, and like any self-respecting procrastinator, I woke up early the next morning and I made a to-do list with steps on how to procrastinate. And then I worked diligently toward my goal of not making progress toward my goal. <laughs> I started writing the procrastination chapter, and one day I was halfway through. I literally put it away in mid-sentence for months. It was agony. But when I came back to it, I had all sorts of new ideas. As Aaron Sorkin put it, "You call it procrastinating, I call it thinking." And along the way, I discovered that a lot of great originals in history were procrastinators. Take Leonardo da Vinci; he toiled on and off for 16 years on the Mona Lisa. He felt like a failure. He wrote as much in his journal. But some of the diversions he took in optics transformed the way that he modeled light and made him into a much better painter. What about Martin Luther King Jr.? The night before the biggest speech of his life, the March on Washington. He was up past 3 a.m. rewriting it. He's sitting in the audience, waiting for his turn to go on stage, and he is still scribbling notes and crossing out lines. When he gets on stage, 11 minutes in, he leaves his prepared remarks to utter four words that change the course of history: "I have a dream." That was not in the script. By delaying the task of finalizing the speech until the very last minute. He left himself open to the widest range of possible ideas, and because the text wasn't set in stone, he had freedom to improvise. Procrastinating is a vice when it comes to productivity, but it can be a virtue for creativity. What you see with a lot of great originals is that they are quick to start, but they're slow to finish. And this is what I missed with Warby Parker. When they were dragging their heels for six months. I looked at them and said, "You know, a lot of other companies are starting to sell glasses online. 
they missed the first mover advantage. But what I didn't realize was they were spending all that time trying to figure out how to get people to be comfortable ordering glasses online. And it turns out the first mover advantage is mostly a myth. Look at Facebook, waiting to build a social network until after MySpace and Friendster. Look at Google, waiting for years after AltaVista and Yahoo. It's much easier to improve on somebody else's idea than it is to create something new from scratch. So the lesson I learned is that to be original, you don't have to be first. You just have to be different and better. But that wasn't the only reason I passed on Warby Parker. They were also full of doubts. They had backup plans lined up, and that made me doubt that they had the courage to be original. Now, on the surface, a lot of original people look confident, but behind the scenes, they feel the same fear and doubt that the rest of us do. They just manage it differently. Now, in my research, I discovered there are two different kinds of doubt. There's self-doubt and idea doubt. Self-doubt is paralyzing. It leads you to freeze. But idea doubt is energizing. It motivates you to test, to experiment, to refine, just like MLK did. And so the key to being original is just a simple thing of avoiding the leap from step three to step four. Instead of saying, I'm crap, you say, the first few drafts are always crap, and I'm just not there yet. So how do you get there? Well, there's a clue, it turns out, in the internet browser that you use. We can predict your job performance and your commitment just by knowing what web browser you use. Now, some of you are not going to like the results of this study. <laughs> But there is good evidence that Firefox and Chrome users significantly outperform Internet Explorer and Safari users. Yes! <laughs> They also stay in their jobs 15% longer, by the way. Why? It's not a technical advantage. The four browser groups, on average, have similar typing speed, and they also have similar levels of computer knowledge. It's about how you got the browser. Because if you use Internet Explorer or Safari, those came pre-installed on your computer, and you accepted the default option that was handed to you. If you wanted Firefox or Chrome, you had to doubt the default and ask, is there a different option out there, and then be a little resourceful and download a new browser. So people hear about this study, and they're like, great, if I want to get better at my job, I just need to upgrade my browser? No, it's about being the kind of person who takes the initiative to doubt the default and look for a better option. And if you do that well, you will open yourself up to the opposite of deja vu. There's a name for it. It's called Vujade. <laughs> Vujade is when you look at something you've seen many times before and all of a sudden see it with fresh eyes. It's a screenwriter who looks at a movie script that can't get the green light for more than half a century. In every past version, the main character has been an evil queen. But Jennifer Lee starts to question whether that makes sense. She rewrites the first act, reinvents the villain as a tortured hero, and Frozen becomes the most successful animated movie ever. So there's a simple message from this story. When you feel doubt, don't let it go. <laughs> What about fear? Originals feel fear, too. They're afraid of failing. But what sets them apart from the rest of us is that they're even more afraid of failing to try. They know you can fail by starting a business that goes bankrupt or by failing to start a business at all. Elon Musk told me recently he didn't expect Tesla to succeed. He was sure the first few SpaceX launches would fail to make it to orbit, let alone get back. But it was too important not to try. 
And for so many of us, when we have an important idea, we don't bother to try. But I have some good news for you. You're not going to get judged on your bad ideas. But guess what? Originals have lots and lots of bad ideas. Tons of them, in fact. If you look across fields, the greatest originals are the ones who fail the most, because they're the ones who try the most. Take classical composers, the best of the best. Why do some of them get more pages in encyclopedias than others? and also have their compositions re-recorded more times. One of the best predictors is the sheer volume of compositions that they generate. The more output you churn out, the more variety you get, and the better your chances of stumbling on something truly original. Even the three icons of classical music, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, had to generate hundreds and hundreds of compositions to come up with a much smaller number of masterpieces. For most of us, if we want to be more original, we have to generate more ideas. The Warby Parker founders, when they were trying to name their company, they needed something sophisticated, unique, with no negative associations to build a retail brand. And they tested over 2,000 possibilities before they finally put together Warby and Parker. So if you put all this together, what you see is that originals are not that different from the rest of us. They feel fear and doubt. They procrastinate. They have bad ideas. And sometimes it's not in spite of those qualities, but because of them, that they succeed. So when you see those things, don't make the same mistake I did. Don't write them off. And when that's you, don't count yourself out either. Know that being quick to start but slow to finish can boost your creativity. That you can motivate yourself by doubting your ideas and embracing the fear of failing to try. And that you need a lot of bad ideas in order to get a few good ones. Look, being original is not easy, but I have no doubt about this. It's the best way to improve the world around us. Thank you. Support for the show comes from Brooks Running. I'm so excited because I have been a runner, gosh, my entire adult life. And for as long as I can remember, I have run with Brooks Running Shoes. Now I'm running with a pair of Ghost 16s from Brooks. Incredibly lightweight shoes that have really soft cushioning. It feels just right when I'm hitting my running trail that's just out behind my house. You now can take your daily run in the better-than-ever Go 16. You can visit brooksrunning.com to learn more. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customize to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. So Adam makes it clear that procrastination might not be as bad as we think. But why? The answer relates to the experiment I told you about in the beginning. Remember the puzzles that were solved by three groups under different conditions? 
One group that was forced to switch between puzzles every 30 seconds, another that switched halfway, and a third that switched whenever they wanted to. Most people tend to believe that creative thoughts happen when we're really thinking deeply, when we're not distracted, when we're fully focused. So most people would expect that the groups switching halfway or whenever they wanted did better at solving the puzzles. But we found something different. The people who did best were the 30-second continual switchers. The reason they performed best is also at the heart of why it's helpful to be quick to start and slow to finish. It's the power of switching tasks, which gives you time to let ideas percolate. So let me lay this out for you. After a minute of trying to find the answer to the three-word problem, what do you think you do? You fixate, you get focused on a particular strategy or a particular answer, and then you probably knock your head against the wall trying to make that answer work. This is called getting stuck. But if you're forced to switch tasks in the middle of your fixation, so like every 30 seconds, then when you come back, you'll see the problem from a new perspective, and you'll also likely see new creative solutions. So next time you're working on a creative task, try this. Consciously insert breaks to refresh your thinking. Set these breaks at regular intervals. Maybe use a timer if you need to. And when that timer goes off, switch tasks. Organize receipts, check email, clean your desk. Then return to the original task. And don't view this as procrastination. Think of it as a way to get unstuck. Now, if you're hesitant to take a break because it feels like you're on a roll, you have to remember that that might be a false impression. And we tend to generate redundant ideas when we don't take regular breaks. So ask yourself, was this last idea really different from the others? And if it wasn't, take your break. And finally, don't skip your lunch breaks. Don't feel guilty about taking breaks, especially when you're feeling stuck. Taking a break might actually be the best use of your time. Remember, the goal here is to find ways to get unstuck. But if you find yourself trying these things and getting completely distracted, you might want to find other strategies, like switching between tasks that are related to each other, or only taking breaks at certain intervals, like once you've made some progress. There isn't a one-size-fits-all solution to creativity, and there isn't one way to refresh your thinking. Thanks so much for listening. Our producer is Kim Naderfane petersa Dan DeZula is our mixer. And special thanks to Michelle Quint, Ban Ban Cheng, Anna Phelan, Corey Hajim, and Colin Helms. And as always, you can reach us at business at ted.com. I'm Madupa Aganola.